Welcome to the True Face Podcast. We're here. Yeah. Yeah. This week we're uh, talking about vines and branches and grapes, fruit. Uh, Tell us, Bill, tell us your story of uh, back in the day when when you were growing vines. Uh, Many years ago, after we first moved into our house, our neighbor was a man named Hen Wu, a Chinese man. And I had planted these grapevines, and they were just amazing. They were just growing along the fence. They were everywhere. And he came over, and uh, he said, how are your grapes? And he looked at them, and as as much as a kind Chinese man would have a smirk on his face, he did. And he said, Bill, they won't bear any fruit. Why not? Because they're mostly suckers. He said, you have buried the good branches in the midst of all these bad branches, and until you prune those out. And I said, oh, my gosh, really? And he said, yeah. I said, well, how do you know they're suckers? He said, because they're not growing in the place that allows them to become fruit-bearing. They're growing in the wrong place. Wow. And he pruned them, and it looked like he had destroyed them. I'm not kidding you guys. It was like there was almost nothing left except just a few branches, and he pruned the good ones back to within a couple of inches of the main vine. The next year, we had grapes that were just hanging Mm. off of the vines. It was amazing. Prior to that, I had two bunches of grapes the size of the end of my little finger. Wow. Isn't that um, great? That is great. That's why amazing. Is, I don't know why you're sharing pointless stories, Bill. Who's just asked me to share it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, just remember that old story. Yeah, I don't know. I like your stories, yeah, Bill. That was great. Anyway. <laughs> great guy. And with that, David, would you read the first four verses of John 15? Yep. So, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Great words of Jesus. Um, Let's begin with the end end view here. Let's begin with verse 4. Right. Um, I I think the thing we want to share this morning is a continuation of where we've been since chapter 13, this idea of the theology of Jesus. And um, he's saying again these unbelievably profound words that we, his disciples, those that he died for, those he, we'll talk about this in a minute, he's given life to, we get to abide in him. No, nowhere in history has anyone ever been able to abide in God. And, and, and then he says, abide in me as I abide in you. Now, lots of times we will get the theology of his being in us. Mm-hmm. But most of the time we miss the theology of we being in him. The union of our relationship with him because of who he has made us is, is, is really the teaching and the mystery of this passage. How is it possible? Well, he says, you are clean. And, and, and the, the, cleansingness, the cleansing here, I think, refers to something unique about us. We've talked about it so far, but why is it that I can obey a commandment? Well, well because I'm, I'm now righteous and holy. How is it the Holy Spirit can dwell in me? 
because I'm righteous and holy. How is it that I am now clean? What does he mean? He means that his work at Calvary has so profoundly changed the reality of who I am that the God of the universe in Christ dwells in me. That's what this is about. And, and, and that is the theology that has to make, the, make sense of this passage, but it also has to make sense of Paul's theology. Am I really clean? Is, 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 is my Christian life about getting as clean as I can? Or is the Christian life living out of the fact that I'm already clean? Where, where, where do I put the emphasis of my theology or my life effort? Yeah. And who does the cleaning? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So when you, when you think about um, that foundation as the context for verses 1, 2, and you mentioned 3 of right. the cleaning... How do we experience this in real time? Mm. Uh, because we are already in him. He is already in us. Mm. Now, how do I experience that? And what is he saying here about that? Mm. What, is, what is that? Yeah, this Sunday, I'm going to speak. And one of the things I'm going to go through is that hymn where he says, where the hymn, hymnist says, uh, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Hmm. And I, I've been thinking about that, that it's not enough alone that God declares that I'm righteous and holy. He declares that I'm a new creature who is righteous and holy. Amen. Yes. Otherwise, I won't be convinced. I will never be convinced because I say I, I know the person that I've been. So this beautiful trust in not just that I've been declared something, but that I really am something because a new relationship has happened. Oh, if I can dare trust that in the middle of all the fluctuating things that are happening in my life or all the failures or all the confusions, that gives me the ability to believe, to really trust and have my soul know its worth and have my soul allow myself to let him love me and not have to run and not feel that I'm not enough or not feel that uh, I have to prove myself. Amen. So uh, I'm excited to get to teach that very thought from verse 4. Yeah. Amen. One of the things that brings me a lot of comfort from these verses, um, growing up, and, and I guess a lot of times I've heard from other people that when they read verses like this, they they come out with a theology of anything that happens wrong in your life, any suffering that happens wrong in your life, any sickness that happens wrong in your life must be as a sign of your weakness or as a sign of your disobedience or as a sign of your awfulness. And these verses convince us that we are a part of him who is the vine, we are the branches, and that he is going to... um, he is going to address uh, the the things that will steal from us. And so when we abide in him, he's going to care for us as part of him. And so we, we are going to have hardship and we are going to have suffering and we are going to have these things. But we know that he, our soul has already felt its worth and it is not at jeopardy. It's it abides. Yeah. And then, you know, he's talking about the, the things that will flourish, that fruit will flourish when we allow, you know, that to happen, when we don't 
um, run away from that. I, mean, I don't know, run away, that's a wrong way of saying it. But anyways, it, it brings me a lot of peace to know I am. this is not in jeopardy here. Amen, Amen David. You know, David, uh, and just following up on that and on this worth issue, um, I got a text this morning from someone who, because of this truth, um, begins to understand how he's going to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, uh, it, you know, he just was responding uh, at the end of the year to uh, giving a gift of scholarship so somebody could take mm-hmm. one of our courses. But he says, uh, thanks for the voicemail and the appreciation. He said, I consider true faith the one that showed me who Christ really was and is mm-hmm. in me. I will be forever indebted to you, uh, true faith, for that. I see my destiny, my fruit, Mm. as pushing this message forward in any way I can. Thank you for letting me participate and Mm. have a relationship Mm. with you all. Mm. But you see the pivot point in Mm. his life when he began to understand Mm. uh, the worth that Jesus had given him as he moved into his life. You know, as, as, um, as we think about this, this, this reality, John, of declared and function and, and Bruce you were asking the question how do we do this I, I want to re- just come quickly to verse 1 Jesus said I am the true vine I am the source of life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am the source of life I am the giver of life and therefore if you abide in me it's because you have life mm-hmm. yes see and and, 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 and and therefore what is that life well, it's that new creation in which its attributes are righteousness and holiness. And, and uh, Bruce, your question is, well, if that's true, if that's declared truth, what, what, how do I do what I do? What's my, what's my action? And as we've talked a lot when we did Romans, he's doing what Paul does here. He's making declarative truth. If you believe it, you then will function well. If you don't get the declarative truth, as like David was saying, as that which gives you great peace because it's true, you'll never function well. Your effort will always be misplaced. And so he's going to talk about that reality of going forward here. What, how therefore do I bear fruit? How does it happen? And, and do I actually believe I can? Like you just said with that friend. You know, he's about now bearing fruit, Bruce. Yes, it's his he destiny. Is. Yes, he, he is. knows it. Maybe for him the first time in his Christian life. But he actually knows it. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, I think that there's more to come in this in this teaching of Jesus. But that foundation is what, it, when you think about it, at this time of year, that foundation is the thing that makes you so grateful for moving into, as he says, our destiny, or as Jesus says here, the fruit that he's designed us to to bear. Amen. And he's going to make it happen. He's the one. He's the true vine. Well, we'll see you next week, you guys. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks. Strong gratitude are we for you and the listening you have done. (laughs) Go with the force.